Welcome to the Small Blower Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who was very excited about the NFL schedule release, Brendan Siegel. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. You know, anytime the NFL is back up and back running, it's it's an enjoyable time. You know, football is one of the the NFL is one of the greatest leagues out there. Uh, my dear Ravens, I'm I'm very very fond of. Um, and you know what? It's 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 going to be a fun season. We got an extra game, which is great for the fans. Maybe not as great for the football players, um, but it's very very good for us. I'm very excited to get to some football eventually. You know, we still got a couple of months out, um, and we'll get to the NFL schedule. You know, in, in this in this podcast, we'll we'll get there in small talk. But um, before we get there, we had an interesting event that happened yesterday. The the 2020 uh, was it 2021 or 2020. Hall of Fame class. It was the twenty, the twenty twenty class. Their ceremony, obviously, which was delayed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, so, Trevor, I, I actually did not catch up, but I know you saw some of the speeches. So, I'd love to hear your thoughts on um, some of the speeches. Obviously, we had a lot of greats that just got inducted: uh, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and more. So, uh, well, what, what did you think about it? Yeah. So, I, I found it really interesting, simply because I mean, if you look at just like you have Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, like that trio who to me certainly are three of the greatest, I would say top 25 players of all time. I mean, they all three of those were in my top 25. I, I believe they were all in yours as well. And I think this is arguably maybe the greatest, um, I don't know if it's the greatest class of all time or not, but it's certainly up there. And if you just look at that, the top three players that kind of are at the forefront of this class – I don't know if there's any other class that can compare to this one. I mean, it's just, it's insane. Duncan, Kobe, and Garnett, Mm -hmm. uh, three amazing players, of course. You know, they were kind of, you know, we, you and I are both obviously younger. So we kind of came in during the middle of their careers, I would say, more in like 04, 05, 06, maybe even later. uh, you, You could argue since they all started their careers in the late 90s. So it was definitely good to see all of them being inducted. Um, obviously, KG went up there, gave his speech. It was really good. Mm-hmm. He, he had a couple of funny things to say. And then Tim Duncan, who, you know, at least I know him as being very quiet, you know, doesn't really say much, doesn't really like to be in the spotlight, kind of just like goes, uh, you know, does his job very well um, throughout his career, one of the best 10 players of all time. And that's it. But to hear him uh, kind of speak and give shout outs to obviously like Tony Parker, Lon Ginobili, and Greg Popovich. It was just a really good, uh, good speech that Duncan gave, and then obviously, uh, kind of the headliner, the the one that everyone was looking forward to was for Vanessa and Michael Jordan, obviously, to induct Kobe. And Vanessa just gave this incredible speech, um, you know, talking about going through like Kobe's different accomplishments and and different things, and and thanking all of the people. And I think one of the things that I liked most about Vanessa's speech is when she was talking about how. Cody, Kobe would have wanted to thank all of his doubters, like all the people that, you know, he proved wrong and he mentioned, and she mentioned that. And then MJ, who was kind of just standing next to her in the background, kind of like gave a little bit of a smirk. That, so that was probably my favorite part of the whole uh, ceremony. And overall, just very good. Uh, there were obviously some other coaches, players uh, from the WNBA, like Tamika Catchings, uh, one of the best uh, women's basketball players of all time. And I think the the Rockets coach, I, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but uh, the Rockets coach that coached uh, Kim Olajuwon with those uh, back-to-back titles, he was inducted as well. And uh, obviously, you know, a number of other uh, great, you know, players and coaches that were inducted as well. So it was really, it's really good, and I definitely enjoyed, um, you know, watching some of the speeches and stuff. 
Yeah, it, it seems like a super memorable night. And what's interesting is we're getting to this point where, you know, we really watch these guys play, you know, like in their prime. And it's kind of a weird feeling that, you know, there's people getting, not only retiring, but in, getting into the Hall of Fame, which is not, obviously not right after you, you retire, um, that we got to see like in their primes, you know, really at the, the forefront of their career. So it's, you know, we're getting older. I know you say we're young and we are young, but we're, we're definitely getting older. It's weird to see these guys uh, get inducted. Uh, let's keep on moving along uh, to uh, another small talk topic, which is the NFL schedule, as Trevor mentioned earlier in the podcast. Um, and this just got released on Wednesday, if I remember correctly, right? Wednesday? Pretty sure it was um, Wednesday. Something like that. <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure which day it was, but yeah. I think it was Wednesday. Um, and we have a lot of interesting matchups. Um, I know a lot of people are talking about the uh, Buccaneers at Patriots, Brady going back to New England. Um, is there anything else you noticed, or even that game that you wanted to talk about, Trevor, that you found interesting from the schedule release? Um, so that game definitely does interest me. Obviously, you know, a lot of people have been talking about it enough. I don't need to really go and talk about it a lot, but it's definitely something I'm looking forward to, obviously, to see the Bucks and Patriots match up. Um, other than that, it, it's always interesting just to see, like, which teams might have like an easier schedule, which teams might have a more difficult schedule. Um, you know, certain like instances where like, I think the Eagles, for example, are playing like four games in 17 days, which is the only team that has to do that. It's a little tough break there. Um, you know, before this podcast, you were mentioning about, you know, kind of how the Ravens, the latter part of their schedule is tough. So it's always, you know, kind of interesting to see like who's getting kind of the bad breaks, who's getting it a little bit easier um so yeah I, I always enjoy the release and there's certainly going to be a lot of uh fun games especially like in the early weeks just a lot to look forward to some of those other matchups I, I think another one we have is like the Jets Panthers which I know you know those aren't like two amazing teams but at least the you know Sam Darnold leaving going to the Panthers playing the Jets that's at least kind of interesting even though mm -hmm. those teams especially the Jets aren't all that good yeah, I mean, the, the most interesting thing, in my opinion, is the Ravens' schedule is very weird at the end. they got to play the Dolphins away, then the Bears away, and then they have something very interesting. It's one of the first times this has ever happened in the NFL history. The Ravens got to play the Browns at home, then they go away to the Steelers, and then they come back to Cle or they go back to Cleveland and play the Browns again. So almost back-to-back -back weeks, and interestingly enough, the Ravens have to go away in between, but the Browns get a bye. So I think that second game in Cleveland is going to be an incredibly tough game, especially if the Ravens somehow lose at home, which I think is plausible, you know? It could happen. It's it's going to be a tough couple games there for sure. So a lot of away games. The good thing is they do end 3 of 4 at home, uh, which is really, really nice. And in the middle of the season, they have a nice uh, bye along with uh, some home games. They have a nice little break there. So kind of a weird schedule for the Ravens. And something very interesting, Trevor, your Buccaneers, they have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. They do. Yeah, they, they definitely do. Just looking through, looking at some of the games, um, and I can go to the Bucks schedule here real quick if I can. Um, but they play, like, obviously their division, which you have the Falcons, Panthers, and Saints, which really is one of the weaker divisions. I mean, it, the it Falcons, got much easier. Yeah, it got easier. Obviously, Breeze leaving the Saints, they'll still probably be a solid team because obviously Sean Payton, that organization, they have a really good defense. They'll still be solid, but at least they're, at least you would think, are going to get worse. The Falcons, I don't know. Maybe they'll get better. Maybe not. And then Panthers, it's kind of, I'm not really sure. I would guess they'll probably be pretty relatively bad again. Um, so it's definitely one of the easier divisions there. And then as far as some of the other teams um, that the Buccaneers play, I mean, uh, I think the toughest team they play is maybe the, 
I don't know. They play the Bills. So I'd probably say the Bills Those is probably the toughest team they play. So other than that, they play the Colts. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of relatively easy games, I would say. So that, that'll definitely be interesting, whereas I think the Patriots got a little bit of a tougher schedule. Um, and then just some of the other games. I mean, if I look specifically at week one, like – um, I'm really looking forward to that Steelers-Bills game. That is a uh, 1 p.m. game on CBS. Another one, obviously, Browns-Chiefs. That's going to be a really interesting game. And then the night game, we have Bears-Rams. I think that could be another good one. Um, now, I don't I don't know if Justin Fields is going to be starting week one or not. I hope he does just because I want to obviously want to see him play as much as possible. Um, but that'll be interesting. And then, obviously, with Stafford um, there, you know, with the new-look Rams. So that'll be another fun game. Yeah, I'm excited to see a similar start for the Browns as they did this past season, which was a nice 38-6 to loss against the Ravens. It'll be the same type of thing against the Chiefs for sure. I'm already here for it. Um, but let's move on into randomly ranked for today. No trivia, as you can tell, which we didn't even mention this. We just forgot about him. Uh, ben O'Brien is not here today. He is a little bit busy. Um, hopefully he'll be back next week, so we apologize for him not being here. Yeah, and I know, I know he wants to be here. He's here in spirit. Yeah, we, um, we, we so miss gonna, Ben, but he, yeah, like you said, you he's know, here there's in some, some of us miss Ben. But we're, we're going to skip trivia for today because trivia is all three of us now, and we're going to go straight into random ranks. And you know what, Trevor, you came up with this today, right? I don't think I did. Yeah, it's something we've talked about before, but never actually uh, have done it yet. Yeah, I don't think Ben's going to mind missing this one, um, but we are going to do our top three favorite kinds of M&Ms. Um, and honestly, there's a lot of them out there. You know, I feel like I feel like we, we've talked about this, like you said. Like I feel like we, we've discussed doing this topic and haven't, but you know, today's the day we're going to do it. Top three favorite types of M&Ms. So Trevor, I'm going to give you a choice. You know, I never give you the choice. I just say who's going first. Who would you like to go first today? Um, I'll go first, um, just right, because, right, you know, get mine out of the way. Mine's, mine's relatively basic. And then I'm, I'm mm-hmm. curious, I'm more curious to hear yours. So I'll start off with mine. Uh, number three, I went with peanut M&Ms. Um, now I think the reason why we were, at least I know Ben and I were both more hesitant about this topic than you were is because I could, at least speaking for myself, I didn't really think that there was a ton of different kinds of M&Ms. Looking mm-hmm. at this list we have in front of us, there's actually a lot more than than you know the average person would think. However, there's only maybe seven, six or seven that I've had. But nevertheless, uh, number three, peanut M and M's, very solid. Um, I'm a big fan of them; taste great. Uh, number two, I went with the M and M minis, and I know that's one that you also like. Just having those in that little uh, that little container, the little pop yeah, open container. container, that was great. So definitely the you know the mini M and M's. That's just you know, you could sit there and just, it's like addicting. You could sit there for hours just like eating, mm-hmm. grabbing a handful of those mini M&Ms and popping them in your yeah. mouth. So they're very good. And number one, I went with the one that to me is the best tasting and no surprise here. Uh, it's the peanut butter M&Ms because obviously I like peanut butter. I like chocolate. So if you've listened to enough of our randomly ranks, you will know uh, that this isn't very surprising for me to put peanut butter M&Ms at number one. So Trevor, actually, you surprised me. Nothing on your list is bad, but you surprised me on your list. I thought you were going to go a little more basic. I feel like my list is very basic. I have two honorable mentions. My first honorable mention, essentially in fifth place. Um, I'm just going to go with the basic M&Ms. I feel like, we talked about this before the podcast, just the basic M&Ms are really solid candy, if you want to call it a candy bar. It's not a bar, but you know, it's classified with other candy bars. Um, it's, it's a really solid candy, but it's not top tier. You know, it's not your Reese's, it's not your Kit Kat, it's not your Twix, your Snickers, nothing like that, but it's still really solid, you know? Like, Trevor, are you ever turning down M&M's? No, I don't think ever. I mean, and, yeah, and like no, we talked about, 
like M&Ms are especially so good. I, I didn't mention this, but they're especially so good. Like if you're watching a movie at the movie theaters, because yeah. you yeah. can just like grab a handful and then and then eat them. Mm-hmm. Whereas like a chocolate bar, it's not really the same thing. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. So that's my number five um, honorable mention. My number four honorable mention has to be the peanut butter M&Ms. I'm surprised you put them at one. But, I mean, they are very, very good. The thing is, is they just don't compete well with a Reese's, you know? Or, like, a Buckeye. Mm-hmm. You know, they just don't really That's compete. True. So, I, I didn't want to put them in my top three for that reason. Number three, I gotta go with the Caramel M&M's. I think these M&M's are severely underrated. Caramel is severely underrated, I, I think, collectively. I mean, chocolate and caramel is a fabulous combination. Very, very sweet. Um, and, and just amazing. Number two, I gotta go with pretzel M&M's. Um... I remember when these, like, came out when they were new, and I loved them. I would eat these like they were, I mean, quite literally like they were candy. I was just popping them in my mouth. Like, I mean, it was nothing. And number one, and this, in my opinion, it's not that close. It's the mini M&M's. For whatever reason, they taste better. They just do. And then you get to keep a canister that smells like them, and it smells like them forever. It's like a token after you, you know, ate these marvelous M&M's. You get to be able to smell the container. So I know that sounds a little bit weird, but that's got to be my number one. I, I got to go with mini M&Ms. Were you surprised by any of my picks? Um, not really. I, I, I like the caramel M&M uh, pick. Caramel M&Ms that, are good. That was definitely close. Um, and then I also enjoy the pretzel M&Ms. So that's the thing. Like, I don't really think there's any bad M&Ms, like, at least that I've had. I haven't had any bad M&Ms. I think they're all I pretty solid. Like... But, uh, yeah, the peanut butter, just to me, they taste the best. I, I, mint is not my favorite. I don't like mint M&M's. Uh, besides that, just like looking on this list here, all the mint ones are, are not going to be my favorite. But besides that, I, I mean, pretty much all of these I would eat. You know? Like, I feel like, yeah. I just feel like there's a lot, I wouldn't eat coconut. Coconut's terrible. But I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of oh, good yeah. ones on here. There's, I feel like they, they tried to like venture into like the, uh, fruity type M&M's. It just never really got a ton of traction. But, yeah. Maybe that topic is for another day. Let's move on to our uh, main topics for today, which we're obviously going to go to the NBA, where we are approaching the NBA playoffs, um, which is very, 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 very exciting. And to start off today, Trevor, um, I know you want to give the people what they want. Uh, we want to hear some of your all-NBA teams. I don't know if you're going to do first through third. Are you doing all of them? Yeah, I'm going to do all of them. Uh, all right, let's hear it. Yeah, so I spent some time, I mean, I, I always like thinking about all NBA teams just because, I don't know, it's something that really interests me, like, as far as, like, the defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, coach of the year, like, it's, those ones aren't quite as interesting to me, I'm still, like, alright, like, I'm, I'm cool with it, but, like, I love listening to podcasts where they talk about their all NBA teams, and there are other ones like that, and so I also love talking about them, and just, like, um, going on basketball reference and looking at different player stats and, and watching different highlights and, and hearing different people's opinions on all of these things. Um, you know, I kind of came to, I guess my own sense, which it, it seems like there's definitely, uh, you know, not a consensus, but there's some people who kind of think that, um, well, I guess the one thing here I'll just point it out is that the debate over whether you can have both Jokic and Embiid on the first team, because, well, yeah, so yeah. I actually, I, I actually was gonna pose a question to you. If you could only pick one, who would you pick? Because one played twenty less games, right? But has better stats. Yeah, so the one I would pick is Jokic because he, I mean he's also my MVP, right? So Jokic, he's played more games. As far as you look at the stats, they're relatively similar, but ultimately the games might be the separate the separator there because Jokic has just played more. He's played essentially every game, like 70, 70 71. I think he's played in every single game. 
um, whereas in B, that wasn't the case. So ultimately, you know, it's if it wasn't for that, it would be incredibly close, and I don't know who would be my MVP. But yeah, if I have to pick one, it's Jokic. But I know some people like like Bill Simmons, I think, uh, you know, Kenny Beecham at, with uh, Through the Wire podcast, both of them had Jokic and not Embiid on their first team. So I know that some people were like, nah, I'm not going to put two centers. But they did kind of expand it. Um, and there are certain players that are eligible at different positions. Like I believe like Paul George and Jason Tatum could like be a forward and a guard. LeBron's another one. Luka, like some of these guys can be forwards or guards, um, which is interesting. It, it kind of feels like maybe they should just go positionless. Um, but nevertheless, here's what my teams are. So my first team, I'll start off with that. Um, I had Steph Curry and Damian Lillard as my guards. It was very tough between Dame and Luka, who was my next guard, between who I would pick. But I went with Dame and Steph. And then my forwards, I have Giannis, Nikola Jokic, and Embiid. Um, I think it's pretty clear that those are the three forwards. They're also three of my top four MVP. So that's my first team. There, so yes, it's kind of the first team. Yeah, go ahead. You don't have. You wouldn't put Bradley Beal over Damian Lillard. No, because ultimately, I mean, Bradley Beal's team has won, I think, like 32 games, whereas Dame's has won. Ultimately, it's like the, the winning is probably the biggest factor there. Okay. And then okay. also, um, or I don't know necessarily about the efficiency, but I think it pretty much comes down to the winning. That's the kind efficiency of the is close. There. Yeah, the efficiency it's, it's is close. Um, it looks like the games, uh, Bradley Beal has played 59, Dame's played 66. So it's not, it's kind of close, but like to me, Dame just in some of the biggest games, he's kind of taking over in the clutch. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I have Beal coming up, but not on first team. Now, my second team, I have Luka, as I mentioned, at guard, and then I have Chris Paul as my other guard. Now, Chris Paul, obviously he's gotten some MVP love. It's kind of weird, obviously, because Chris Paul's stats aren't very good. You know, he's averaging, I think, like 16 points, 9 assists, um, but... I mean, the team has won about 50 games. They're only a game back from the best record in the NBA. So I included Chris Paul there. And then my three forwards on the second team are Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, and Julius Randle. Now, Julius Randle, obviously, we've talked about him on a couple you know, other podcasts. It is incredible uh, the growth that we've mm-hmm. seen. And I think he's the runaway for most improved player. It has to be Julius yeah. Randle. Just because you go from, I don't, I don't know how much he was averaging last year, but to go from that... So like an all-star, I think he's been, at least this regular season, one of the 10 best players. So that's why I have him on second team. And then for me with Jimmy, Jimmy's numbers might not be quite as good as a, you know certain other players. But to me, it's just insane watching the Heat. Obviously, they're my favorite team, so I watch them more than any other team. It is insane to me how different the Miami Heat play when Jimmy Butler is not playing. Actually, they are 6-13 and 13 when he doesn't play, whereas... With like Bam on a bio, for example, if he's not playing, they're actually five and two without Bam. Now that's not to say that Bam isn't a really good player; he's not important. It's just interesting there that Jimmy Butler, when he's not playing, the Heat are six and thirteen. So that stood mm-hmm. out to me. I put him second team, um, and then and, yeah, you, Trevor. Just a comment it? on Jimmy Butler, real quick. He is the third highest PER in the top thirty players based on points. So I I agree with the Jimmy Butler take. I like that one a lot. He's been super super efficient. Yeah, so it was, it was very tough once you get the kind of second and third team. My first team was a little bit more clear-cut, other than the Dame-Luka debate that I had. Second team and third team, very close. So, like, Jimmy Butler, I had him slightly over a couple other forwards that I'm going to mention. Now, my third team, I did have Bradley Beal and Devin Booker as the guards. So, I'm le- so certain guards that I'm leaving out, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, 
Um, Trey Young did not make mine. Russell Westbrook did not make mine. Now, it was very tough because I think between uh, Devin Booker, Bre- uh, Devin Booker, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving, I was it was mm-hmm. like a, a struggle to pick one out of those three guys. It was very tough. Ultimately, Bradley Beal played 66 games. Kyrie, I think, only played 52. Harden only played 43. So the games was a pretty big difference. Obviously, he averaged 31 points. Yes, the team's not successful, but he's the main guy on their team. He is without Bradley Beal. Um, I mean, Russell Westbrook, he did play better in the second half, but like Bradley Beal's their best player, you know. So I had Beal there. And then my forwards are Jason Tatum, LeBron James, and Rudy Gobert. Um, obviously, Rudy Gobert, I felt like, you know, you probably should have someone on the Jazz, and Donovan Mitchell started to miss a lot of games there, so I didn't put Mitchell on there. He was another guard, um, but I did put Rudy because I was like, they're the best team in the league. It would be pretty uh, weird not to have one of their players on the team, so I did put Rudy Gobert, and then I did have LeBron. LeBron only has played, I think, 44 games now, I want to say, but mm-hmm. LeBron in those games, I mean, the first couple months of the year, he was top three MVP. I just felt like he did just enough to edge out a guy like Paul George, who just missed my list. So uh, those are my teams. Definitely uh, could be some arguments for other guys. Like I mentioned, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Paul George, probably the three biggest snubs on mine, but that's what I came to. So I just want to – I I feel like you have a really, really good list. You do. And it'd be interesting – I think this is such a weird year because so many big players miss so many games – like, it's just kind of crazy how many players missed all these games. And here's my question for you, Trevor. And I guess it's a little bit not, it's not about first, second, third team as much. If everyone was a typically healthy year, obviously we had a lot of injuries this year. So who would be the MVP in a year that, you know, the top players were, were healthier? Like, they typically are. Obviously, that isn't 100%, but who would be your MVP? If, if everyone played, so like you said, if everyone's healthy and everyone played every game, I yeah. feel like the way it was trending was that it was going to be Joel Embiid. Now, Jokic did kind of turn it on even more. Like, he was already top three, but then it seemed like he took it up to a different level, and then Jamal Murray went out, and he obviously had some other great games, and they kind of just, they, they kept rolling along. They kept winning. Um, they're still... I think there still might be the three seed, or they're tied with the Clippers at least, but they're still up there, 47 and 24. Um, but, you know, the Sixers also, I mean, they're 48 and 23. With Embiid, they'd probably have the best record in, in the NBA. So if you talk about Joel Embiid with similar stats to Jokic, but he's better on defense and they have a better record, to me it would have been Embiid. And I'm sure LeBron would have been in the mix as well because the Lakers would obviously be a higher seed. But I think Joel Embiid's the answer. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because, you know, I feel like it'd be LeBron. It's definitely possible, but it's definitely possible. But, yeah. you know, it, it would have been it would have been interesting if he was healthy, especially I wonder where the Lakers would have finished if he was healthy, too. But, but let's let's move on. We'll get to the Lakers in a minute here. Um, but we, we're ending the season here. Uh, is today the last day? Is this it? Uh, this is the last day of the regular season. Yes. Yes. So we got a lot of important games here, Trevor. So I want you to run us through some situations that we have. Uh, there's a couple of really important games for seeding, um, and talk about a couple of them. I know first up we got Grizzlies Warriors. Yeah, so Grizzlies Warriors. This is the game that I'm probably looking forward to to most uh, today because they currently are battling for the eight seed, which would be the team that 
uh, potentially could have the pleasure of facing the Lakers. Uh, they both have the same record, I think 38 and 33. So last game of the season, Grizzlies-Warriors, um, who is going to get the eight seed? And they and yes, even if you lose this game, even whatever team loses, you still have a chance, but it's just the benefit of only having to win one game versus two. So obviously that's, you know, that that's definitely matters. Um, you, you would definitely rather only have to win one game than two. Like the Warriors, they can, if they win, get the eight seed, they can play the Lakers and they, they can lose and then go and potentially play the Grizzlies again and, and then maybe beat them there. But it's definitely a, a huge game for both those teams. It's going to be fun to watch coming up here in a few hours. So I can't wait for that one. And then uh, the other big one that I'm really looking to is the Blazers and the Nuggets later tonight. Um, this one's huge because uh, you might not even have both teams trying to win, which is interesting. Uh, the Nuggets, who are currently 47 and 24, are tied with the Clippers uh, for that three seed. If the Nuggets actually decide to go ahead and just lose that game and say, uh, we'll take the four seed, we'll play Dallas instead of potentially winning that game where if because because they would obviously they would beat the Blazers and assuming the Lakers win they would be playing the Lakers in the 3-6 matchup so you might say if you're you know well I doubt Mike Malone's gonna say this but if you're a Nuggets fan you might be like ah the Nuggets should lose this game so that we don't have to play the Lakers in the first round I think they should too I think they should want to lose to the Blaker the Blazers I think you would much rather play Dallas than the Lakers. So that game is another really interesting one. And then I guess just a few other things that kind of need to be sorted out is just, you know, the seeding in the East. Obviously, you have like the Hawks, the Knicks, and the Heat fighting for like the four through six seeds. Now, the Heat just lost last night against the Bucks, and, and they rested Jimmy Butler. You know, it makes sense. They lost because they rested Jimmy Butler. I thought that was a bad decision. I, I think you should have played Jimmy Butler. But they lost it, so now they need to win today, and they need the Knicks to lose to get the five seed. So just another thing uh, that's interesting today. Yeah, no, there's today's going to be actually a fun day. There's a lot of games at 9 o'clock that are super-duper important in the West Coast. Um, where do you th- see things turning out? Do you, th- you think the Blazers will probably end up getting the 6, Lakers the 7? Um, and Do you think things are going to sit where they currently are, I, I guess I'm saying? Um. Yes, yes. I think that the Blazers will win because the game definitely matters a lot more to them than it does the Nuggets. And I think the Nuggets, even if they're they're not going to fully just lose the game like we had, like in the NFL, I think when the Eagles kind of did something like that, I don't know if it's going to be full on like that, but I think there's going to be a little bit of an element of like maybe they rest Jokic a little bit more than they normally would. Like maybe he only plays like 28 minutes or something. Whereas Dame and CJ, they're playing 40 plus, no doubt. And they're trying to win it. I think they will. And then, yeah, the Lakers will get the seven. I mean, the Warriors-Grizzlies game, I mean, it could go either way. I would obviously lean toward picking the Warriors. I just think they've been really good recently. And they have Steph Curry. So that that's what I would guess. I Steph's been phenomenal this year. I, I will say I, I don't want the Lakers to play in the playing game, but if they do get that seven, the Lakers-Warriors game, that's going to be a fabulous playing game. Really, really fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, Trevor, anything else you want to talk about before we kind of wrap up the pod today? A little bit of a shorter one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's going to be interesting. We have the playing tournament coming up, I think, starting on Tuesday. Um, so, like, two, I don't know. I think it's by conference. I think, like, the East is on Tuesday and the West is on Wednesday. Um, I'm okay. going to look this up real quick to see. But I think that's how it is. And then you would have, like, that final game, I think, Thursday and mm-hmm. Friday 
um, I believe. So definitely some interesting ramifications there. And then the playoffs officially start, I believe, next either next Sunday or the week at the next week. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm excited. It's gonna be really, really fun. These NBA playoffs, especially. It's it's gonna come down to who's healthy and who's playing right. At the, you know, at the right time. So you know, the health factor is gonna be an added thing uh, this year for sure. But. Uh, with that being said, I think we'll wrap up the episode here for today. Thank you all so much for listening and all the support that's been given on all of the Small Ballers podcasts. Of course, follow us on Twitter at the Small Baller or click the link in the description. Uh, that's so you know when all of our podcasts will go live. Um, of course, subscribe, leave that five star review if you enjoyed the podcast. Um, we have many other podcasts on our podcast network. We have the Twelfth Row Podcast with Josh and Will, uh, which comes out weekly. Their podcast is phenomenal. If you're a soccer fan, I highly recommend you check it out. Um, but like I said, with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons!